Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. I'm Joey. And we're talking about music, as as is tradition on the show. That's what we do every yeah. every week. <laughs> every this single week, week. This week we're talking about Jake Cole's album "For Your Eyes Only." It's a it's a hip hop album, kind of le- leeching off of the previous week. We talked about Tyler, the creator's Igor, uh, and this it it jumped out to me as a necessary follow-up because it, it, it has a good feel to it. It has, I don't, I don't want to say it has a similar feel, but I think it, it gave me insight into what kind of hip hop you like. And, uh, hopefully I wasn't far off the mark. Uh, in addition to that, I, I chose this album because, uh, or I, I guess I should say I put this album on the list to begin with because it, it's, I don't want to say it's super nostalgic because it's not, but it, it, it feels good. I really enjoy this this album. I uh, our friend Levi, which we've mentioned several times, uh, has tried had tried to get me to listen to J Cole back when we were working at the pizza place, uh, off and on, and it did. I I didn't really like it, but years later, uh, so this was I guess, man, it had to have been like four years ago. It, it, was, it was probably pretty recently after this album came out. Um. I went over to his house late at night, which I, I usually do. We hang out late at night, but uh, we went to McDonald's or something and he put this album on and I was, I was hooked. I, I just, it, it instantly clicked and I, I fell in love with it. Uh, and, and that it's kind of been in my rotation since then. And I listen to it pretty much every time I drive back from uh, a distant concert. It's just kind of become a tradition at this point to put this album on because uh, it's, it's a good night driving album in my opinion. Well, shit, man, you should have told me that uh, back whenever we were driving home from that concert last year. <laughs> and we wouldn't I, didn't have, even, I, I didn't even think about it, honestly. We listened to the same Mastodon album like 17 times, <laughs> and it was hey, it was just ridiculous. It's okay, man. Mastodon's great. Interestingly enough, that was exactly one year ago today, I think, that we went and saw System of a Down. I believe it. Yeah, we did see System of a Down. That's what happened. <laughs> Anyways, that's not the topic of, of this podcast. Yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna get right into it. The album art for for this album, uh, it's it's got like a torn look to it, like a scrapbook kind of thing, where like an image, like a photo, has been taped in and like torn out of a magazine and then placed somewhere else. Um, but the photograph looks like the back of J. Cole's head. It's black and white, uh, and there's a little kid sitting next to him standing next to him i should say um not not a whole lot to discuss in my opinion anything just jump out to you i'm just given the subject matter of the album like i feel like the whole actual picture looking vibe kind of means something i just haven't put it all together yet (laughs) there's a lot to to take in from this album yeah i mean i honestly i just listened to it right before we got on here the whole thing yeah it's and a long was, album. Yeah, there was still stuff that I was like, just getting, and yeah, I mean, it's not only is it, I mean, it's decently long, but it's also extremely dense. As, yes, as, as with rap of, is. Like, yeah, rap like especially rap in this, I guess style. I don't yeah. know where there's there's a lot of lyrics. Yeah, there's just a yeah, there's a lot of lyrics. They all mean a lot, and you have to kind of piece it all together right uh it's 10 songs 44 minutes which isn't it's it's not super long like you said but it's longer than a lot of them that we've been doing yeah uh, we've done a lot of like half hour albums and this is 15 minutes longer which is you know it's a few tracks longer but it's actually 10 tracks so it's it's not it's not more tracks it's just longer tracks on average i suppose yeah um the first of which is for whom the bell tolls it's actually one of the shorter tracks but it's a good intro uh, it's got some like nice vibraphones going on and some muted trumpets. Oh, yeah. uh, it's very jazzy, which which I enjoy, and that comes through a couple of times in the album. There's like some vocal samples and and some ahs and some strings, and, and it's it's good. I just I, Dude, I love it. I like his voice on this album. Like honestly, because before listening to this album, the only thing. I've ever heard by J. Cole was that workout song. I actually looked up the name for it because I only ever yeah. heard it on the radio. But I don't think I've heard that song, so that goes to show you how much of a J. Cole fan I am in general. It is very much like what you would have heard on the radio in like 
2012, 2013, where it's just like a, a club song or whatever. Yeah. And that, I think that's probably why I didn't get into to J. Cole back in the day when Levi was trying to, to get me into him. Is yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that kind of music in general. I'm, yeah, I'm not either. Like, I, I listen to, I mean, this is going to be longer than it should, should be for me to talk about it, but I like that music. It has its place, but it's not, I'll listen to it when it comes on the radio, especially if there were like people with me and it's like, yeah, we can all yeah. have a good time listening to this song right now. Sure. But if I'm listen, if I'm trying to listen to music to listen to it, I would not put on that. I would put on this because like, this is not yeah. what I was expecting at all. His, <laughs> so what you're saying is that you really enjoy this album. You know what? I'm, I was going to try to keep it to the end, but I already told you. Yes. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I hit the mark on that. I do uh, really like this album. Uh, yeah. He, he sings uh, a bit throughout this album and he, I agree. I like his singing voice as well as his rapping voice. There's not a huge difference in his singing voice and rapping voice. Um, for the most part, anyway. But it's good. Yeah. And I like that it starts off kind of simple. I mean... Yeah. I, one thing that I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and say it. You're going to hear me talk about it on almost every track. Is that <laughs> the music on this album is just... It's good. It's awesome. It is just great. Like you said, it's great night driving music. Like, I... It's, it's got a good I, groove. Yeah. I want to go outside, drive around for an hour, and finish this whole album. Yeah, it, it's good. Lyrically, this track, uh, it's pretty clearly, in my opinion, talking about depression. Uh, the song is For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is generally referring to death and tolling of bells. Um, yeah. And he talks about feeling low, and, and he even at some point asks if, if he if he wants to die. Like, he's asking himself. He doesn't know if he wants to die or not, but the fact that it's crossing his mind is scaring him yeah. a little bit. Which I, I think it's kind of an interesting start to an album when you're kind of talking about the end of someone's life. Maybe it's just kind of a weird irony that I picked up on, but yeah. And I mean, given kind of the whole story arc of this album, I think it fits that it's starting yeah. off in this place. But we'll yeah, get it's, into it's that. kind of setting the, the context and scene, I suppose, for the story that's about to unfold. Yeah, there's that song that leads directly into Immortal, which is us. It's weird. The song talking about death leads into a song called Immortal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. This song, to me, like the beat, awesome, of course. It's, it's yeah. a given. It's, it's a much more traditional uh, hip hop, whereas like the, in- the intro for Whom the Bell Tolls was very like jazzy and there was a lot of like trumpets and stuff. There wasn't a whole, there wasn't like a, a huge, like big kick that's in a lot of like traditional rap, I should say. Yeah. It's. And it's, I like this, this, I guess, subject matter of it, because he opens up, of course, talking about, like, it's a very, for whom the bell tolls, it's death-themed, then it goes right. into a song talking about a mortal, where he's talking about, you can live on through your actions, right? rather than, like, you're gonna die, and especially where he's talking about growing up around, like, gangs, and like on the streets and what like stuff like that stuff and you're gonna hear me t- i'm gonna go ahead and put a disclaimer i <laughs> i have not had a hard life at all yeah, I, yeah. Like, I think we both we both kind of covered that we we, live, we are privileged yeah sure. and so whenever you hear me say oh yeah it's the streets it's the like i'm i'm trying to put myself in these shoes and it's like there's there's a line in this song that like immediately blew me away whenever I heard it. And I know for some people they're going to be like, what? Like, of course, like that's <laughs> you sheltered person. Yeah, That's life. But it's like the lyric was, it's talking about, uh, of course, people setting all these kids in like, in this neighborhood, like around all this violence and gang violence and stuff. Uh, of course, the old thing, like, well, you either, the only way you can make it out is you either sell drugs, rap, or play basketball. And like, that's ingrained in them. And the line was, it's that sort of thinking that keeps us chained at the bottom or hanged. The strangest fruit you've ever seen, ripe with pain. Like, instantly, it's just like the imagery of racism, the imagery of people and like, systematically keeping 
all of these people down and right. just keeping them in this boiling pot of yeah. just, and it's, I don't know. It was just like, I am so far outside of anything that I have <laughs> ever experienced in my life, but holy, like this is going to be pretty dark probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's good. I, I, we actually talked about this when we were playing video games, mm-hmm. uh, referring to another rap album. We were talking about Kendrick Lamar's to pimp a butterfly. And I said that I couldn't really get a connection with that album because it's so far out of my experience and, and my background. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy it lyrically. I think it's great to discuss because it needs to be fucking discussed because racism's fucking horrible. And the fact that it's still happening to the extent that it is, it's not great. It's fucking awful. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, uh, this this might change your perspective on the album. Um, this song is from somebody else's perspective, and and okay, a lot of the album is, and and I feel like you kind of pick up hints on it. Um, but it, it's from the perspective of someone that J Cole knew, and it'll it. I I know you had that thought at least by the end of the album specifically. Yeah. But uh, interestingly enough, in the chorus of the song. He says, forward the plot, 1745. And it seems kind of like my, my initial thoughts, uh, and I didn't actually know this until getting into the lyrics for this album. Uh, my initial thoughts was that it was just some like random code number, like people rep their, their zip codes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or maybe it was an address or something. But I saw a theory online, and maybe this is just a conspiracy theory, but I, it's one I choose to believe. Oh, man. That that sample we're we're putting on our tinfoil caps here. Oh the, yeah. When he first says that line, it's fifty three seconds into the track. Mm-hmm. He says, "Forward the plot one seven forty five. If you add seventeen minutes and forty five seconds to that time, you end up at about the four minute and ten second mark in the track change. Oh god. Okay. Which is where you hear the eulogy begin of a James McMillan Jr. I which is the, the name of his of this character. It's not the actual name. He changed the name to James McMillan Jr. for privacy yeah. reasons. But uh, a lot of this album is from the perspective of this character. So I, I want to believe it's I, I, <laughs> I know, right? To, because it, uh, it feels right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew it was a lot of the album was written from the perspective of somebody named James because yeah. It was in changes, right? I, and this is something I figured only figured out on my maybe like second or third listen. Is I heard him say something like he was sh- he got shot and I had to go home and I saw it on the news the next day. It was my friend James. He was only twenty two. Yeah, so, so, like something along those lines. It wasn't. He obviously said it way better than I just said it. <laughs> right, we're not rappers. <laughs> yeah, like, but. I didn't, because the first time I was listening to it, the whole album, I just thought, oh, this is all from his perspective until I heard the last track. And I was like, maybe the, just this last one is like, yeah, he, it's dead. The, the last track really blow, blows it open. Yeah. Um, but we're, I'm but, getting ahead of myself. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there uh, before we do, uh, before we move on from this track, even uh, lyrically, like you said, it's, it's about quote unquote, I don't want to say traditional because that's bad, but it's about someone selling drugs and thinking that they'll, they'll be a legend and live on and, and, and stuff like that. And then the last verse, like you said, is kind of from Jake Cole's perspective in my mind, how he feels like that they've been, there's this oppression and he feels like he won't make a difference unless he dies young and successful. Yeah. Which is kind of a common theme in music. People that die when they're in their prime tend to blow up and become legends. Uh, yeah. strangely Levi is super into that stuff and he, he's aware of it. So he's not just doing it like absentmindedly. He like seeks out musicians that have died in their prime and, and latches yeah. onto them. Well, I mean, it's, it's that lost potential. I think personally, yeah. it's like, Oh, you see somebody like Kurt Cobain or Jimi Hendrix or Janice Joplin, right. somebody at the 27 club. And you're like, oh, <laughs> they, what could they have been? But right, that's that's for another. That's for another. I, I that, that's that's its own episode. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the next track, track number three, is "Deja Vu." Uh, we get some more vocal samples floating around in the back, which I enjoy. I'm sure we've we've mentioned. Um, 
it, it's got another kind of big kick and crisp snap snare kind of thing going on with the beat, which is it lends itself to rap, and I, I yeah. like it a lot. Um, but it it does in the bridge kind of break that and get some like more of that funky groovy bass mm-hmm. that that's been happening. Lyrically, it's another track from James' perspective. It's about him meeting the perfect girl for him, despite the fact that she's taken. And uh, he kind of like, it's kind of weird and jumbled, I think, in that the chorus of it, which is repeated as he's going through this, seems to imply that he knows it's probably not going to work out because she's focused on on smaller things and he wants more. Yeah. Well, see, okay. So the way I interpreted it is I did think the way that they did the chorus was a little confusing because it seemed out of the timeline with the verses. Like it was going back to a certain focal point of him being in a club and it's just talking about the general thought of shoot your shot now because you're not gonna know when you get the like when you get the chance like man up and do it which is the very thought of man up and do it is a theme that i kind of think runs throughout this album the thought of being a man in like this environment yes doing the like acting tough acting like not showing your emotion and but that it's, I just think that's a theme that I see in it. It, so it I is think, 100% throughout this album Okay, um, is, is that at least from what I got out of it, a lot of these tracks are from James perspective and more specifically James trying to be real quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what that means to James. And then at the end you kind of, we'll, we'll get to it at the end. There, there's yeah. a kind of change in that. Uh, yeah. In the last track. And, uh, but yeah, it's kind of like that's what I got, and he's realizing I the whole she's going after small things, he's looking big picture. I thought that was more she was he was talking about like saying that's a reason she should pick him over this other guy is that guy was going for small things. He's going that could for, be as well for sure. That's that's my only that's my only qualm with your <laughs> with your dissection of that. We're going to fight after this is over. I'm going to lay into you. We're going to scream. We'll have makeup sex later. It'll be great. (laughs) The circle of life. Yeah. But yeah, so this song, it's, it wasn't necessarily my favorite. It's like, it's not a bad track, but it's kind of, it was to me, I tend to like, I'm doing air quotes, deeper songs. Yeah. And this wasn't that for me. So. Right. And I think in the context of this album, it makes sense because it's it's not from J. Cole's perspective. It's from the perspective of someone that is, you know, selling drugs. They're, they're trying to be cool. They're trying to fit in with yeah. the, the whole, like, mentality of where they, they came from. But yeah, so speaking of mentality... Next song. T- take the bait. I said it there. You gotta you gotta oh, lean into it. Oh man, you meant to do it. Okay. Well the next song is called <laughs> Mentality. And yep. uh, that's so segue for segue. But <laughs> man, so this is one of the another case where I just love the music on it. Like it's very yes. surreal feeling. It's got like the snare hitting in the background, the strings and the horns just coming up and it's I don't know. Surreal was the best way I could come up with how to kind of describe, describe it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is from J. Cole's perspective or from James's perspective, because if James was speaking on having larger ambitions, then this could definitely fit into that storyline as well. But I saw it as, j cole himself speaking in this song talking about how he's made it but he can't get out of that mentality that he had to be in back then but i mean i guess it could work either way for either of them yeah and and i feel like that applies to a lot of the songs on this album that i kind of noted in in my album wrap up but i'll go ahead and get into it now a lot of these songs i'm going to say are written from james's perspective but they're they're from j cole's perspective of james's perspective and a lot of times there's a lot of similarities being drawn between j cole and james because i mean they they're they're very similar people they were friends they had a lot in common so it makes sense that uh these songs kind of come from the perspective of both yeah Uh, and it makes even more sense uh from 
think it was, well, we'll, we'll get to it. When we get to it. There, there was a song later that kind of drives home that theory in my opinion. Um, I think I might know yeah. what it is. I'm going to play the guessing game. <laughs> Lyrically, though, uh, like you said, it, it's. It, I got it from James' perspective uh, of him realizing he's going to die if he keeps living this way. But he feels that he's in too deep and he can't just give up everything that he's worked for. He, he's he's in it and he's he can't just get out. Yeah. Kind of a deal. Uh, and to kind of reinforce that, well, maybe not reinforce that per se, throughout the song, there are two samples of a little girl talking about her dad presumably she's talking about James mm-hmm. um, dying and how she's dealing with it. And, and she says that like when she gets mad, she goes in her room and slams the door or whatever and says that she wishes her, her dad was there. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of an interesting perspective. It, it was interesting choice to include her perspective. Yeah. Uh, in this, um, I don't know if it was actually James's daughter, um, but it, it was, it seemed to me that it was meant to be James's daughter at the very least. Given the whole canon of, this album i'd say that fits just because i don't know it seemed like and this is me i don't know maybe i'm not digging too far into it and but i think i might just be wrong but it's what (laughs) it it, it's what jumped out of me at first because she at like she's like whenever my mom tells me to clean my room or i go in my room and slam the door and say and then jake comes into the yeah yeah and he's like spit on my name never like going like that my name never and he's going like back to the mentality like the vil mentality and that kind of makes me think that it is james's daughter because they're talking about the way that he felt like he was being real he was being a man and that seems like like keeping up with your reputation in that area like just living through her maybe but that's i don't know I don't know, man. Yeah, and again, it, it could very much be from J. Cole's perspective as easily as it could be from James's perspective. Um, and it was the next track that kind of drives that home. The next track being She's Mine, part one. Mm-hmm. Part one of a two-parter. Get, strap in, folks. Part two doesn't come till <laughs> but But this is part one. Uh, it's overall a very lovely-sounding track. It's got some nice, groovy-sounding bass again, some light keys. But these strings that kind of come in on the chorus just fucking sell it for me. Yeah. Um, lyrically, it's a love song, and I think this could also be from J. Cole, J. Cole's perspective or James's perspective or both. And the reason I think that more so on this track is because there are a lot of layered vocals happening here that could represent both of them speaking. And the lyrics in the outro specifically, he says, she gets him, and then you hear someone else going, you get me, or it's, it's him, but yeah. it sounds like it's coming from a different person. She hugs him. You kiss me. So it's, I think that's J Cole being aware of it and using it as uh, a vehicle to both tell James a story and how he was feeling, but also personally how he feels about his wife. Definitely. Cause that's something that I thought, I thought it was just him talking until the whole, blew the lid off the whole operation thing <laughs> happened where I figured out he wasn't talking from his own perspective, but right. it's, it seems, it seems as though he almost has to be talking personally as well as telling a story. Yeah. It's a very intimate song. Yeah. And it's, Which, it's very lovely. It's a love song, but yeah. like it, it's one that like it has soul to it, I think, it, which doesn't happen a lot, a lot in love songs. Definitely. And the way he, like, it's so, he must just be an amazing writer especially if this is not at all from his perspective because he's (laughs) he's talking like the things that he says where he's talking about just wanting to open up about his childhood to somebody wanting to be able to talk to them those walls yeah tear down those walls without to me thinking about it like he wants it without the fear of having to be judged by somebody and he feels close enough that he could do that. And on a separate thing, talking about the whole being a man, being real debacle is he's wanting to not have, he's, he's attracted to the fact that he may not have to feel that fear and thinking he's flirting with the idea of changing his perspective on what that, what being real means in this song yeah 
something. Especially because in, in the previous track, from my perspective, it was James coming to terms saying, look, if I keep living this way, I'm going to die. But that's just how it's got to be. And then yeah. you come into this track where he's like, wait a minute, I don't want to die anymore because this woman's a fucking amazing woman. Yeah. And I, I want to live just for her. But it's only part one. It's only part one. You got to stay tuned for part two, folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. But speaking of changing perspectives, yes. the next song, Changes, is change. uh, just... Is it just change? I think it's just change. Man. It's fine. Okay. Well, Changes is a Black Sabbath song. Look it up. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a review of it at some point. Yeah, but yeah. Change and or Changes. Uh, man, I, once again... Am in love with the music on this song, and it's got a just good old the, old school feel to it. The music does; I love it. Yeah, and it's like paired with the messages in the song. It just makes it perfect for me. Really, I'm not yeah perfect. Maybe too strong of a word, but I really, 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 really like this song. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, it's called changes or change, you know, and yeah, uh, it. It, it starts upbeat and has kind of like a good a good groove to it. And the music kind of gets more somber towards the end because mm-hmm. this is the track where I kind of mentioned back in track two, Immortal, where James is killed at this point in the story, right? Yeah. Uh, and at that point, the drums kind of drop out and leave just the bass and some keys. And, and you hear like a news reporter mention the shooting and then the the beginning of the eulogy, like I mentioned. And the, the song kind of like... It, it rides out in a very respectful way, I think. Um, but so the first verse, in my opinion, seemed like it was coming from J. Cole's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's much more optimistic. And maybe this was just James because he had that kind of change of heart in She's Mine Part 1. But uh, it, it's saying that life's going to get better. You're at peace with that. He's not afraid to die anymore. He's, he's meditating and looking inward. And that's the only real way to change. Um, and then verse 2, it it in my theory it shifted back to james's perspective because there's kind of a dissonance happening in this song which makes me think it's, it's swapping perspectives but in verse two he talks about wanting to get rich quickly and and selling drugs despite having a baby on the way yeah and, and that kind of goes back to j cole's perspective seeing the rest of the story play out i guess man there's this album was so well written that I keep wanting to reference forward to songs because it's all <laughs> such an interwoven all, story. Yeah, it ties together so well. But yeah, you saying him, there being the dissonance of him wanting to go back to selling drugs because he has a baby on the way fits in with something in a later song where they're talking about having a job, hitting a time card is the slow money because yeah. you, you're wanting to just be out there grabbing a wallet. You want to be out there getting money now like and that's it's the allure i guess of that life to people is you can just get the money now which yeah and and once you've been doing that for so long it's got to be hard to change yeah it's but hey the song's called change so indeed indeed i thought it was interesting because uh i think it's the last verse J. Cole seems to be kind of criticizing that perception in his community where mm-hmm. you aren't a man or you aren't real unless you have a gun and guns are used to settle everything, even stuff that's super fucking petty. Yeah. And he says at one point, I call it poison. You call it real. Yeah. Uh, so J. Cole's clearly like sick of this shit and, and thinks that that change, maybe, maybe that's a deeper thing that I just hit. He says change has to, the only real change comes from inside. Maybe he was speaking not only as a person, but as a community yeah, saying that, like, if you guys are going to keep acting this way, like nothing's going to change. Oh shit. Because, uh, even the sermon, like that sermon is things have got to change. We've got to do better. We've, we can't right. let this happen. What? So yeah, I, I think there's some kind of an extra layer that I just cracked open. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, the song culminates in, in the shooting of James, everyone scatters, he, he sees that, that somebody has fallen and he, he can't really see who it is because he's, he's trying to get out of the scene, right? He's trying to get home. He gets yeah. home the next day. He sees it on the news that it was James. Uh, and, and that's the point where Immortal was potentially referencing. I'm going to say it references because yeah. I just like that theory. <laughs> I like it too. It's 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 one of those good ones where you're like, it. Ha- it I mean, it has to make sense. 
Yeah. It, it, I, it's too good not to be true. And <laughs> if it wasn't intended, J. Cole should say that it was intended. Exactly. It's, it's cool. Just take, take the credit. <laughs> take the credit. Uh, the next track on the album is Neighbors. It's got a, a bit of a slower beat, but it's still traditional rap. I, I keep saying traditional rap. It's it's modern rap musically for the most part. Yeah. Um, and something that I looked up for you specifically, well, I didn't look it up for you, but I, I found and I included it in my notes for you specifically because of what we mentioned last week. The music is actually a different track. Somebody else's track that is played in reverse. Uh, and that track is Forbidden Fruit by Elite, which is someone else on J. Cole's label that actually helped produce this album. Uh, oh it's one God. of his tracks that's just played backwards, which I thought was interesting. That's that's it, because I love the music on this track. Like, yeah. it, it, it sound, <laughs> That makes sense because the chorus specifically sounds kind of like eerie and s- yeah. spooky, I guess. But this, because this is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, I really like the song a lot, too. Are, are we like, going to play the guessing game on on what our favorite? I think we probably have the same favorite song. I think we point. do, and I but, think well, I'll I'll go ahead and give you this. I think I have too many possible favorite songs coming true. up for you to not guess them all. <laughs> I mean, there's only three after this, Joey. <laughs> so it might be all of them. <laughs> it might be all of them. But uh, just the the message in the song talking about finally getting away from it all you're finally escaping you you did it you made you got one of the three ways out of there he was became famous and you get out of there and you end up in this new place this fancy ass whatever yeah you got a house on the lake yeah and you you escaped that violence but you can't escape the prejudice that you're moving into talking about the neighbors think all the neighbors think I'm selling dope. It's yeah. And he talks about like getting to this new house and he's just sitting there and Oh shit, the cops are at the door. Right. And they're, they're fucking busting in with like assault rifles. And yeah. Shit. Like uh, interestingly, this, this was told from a real experience that J Cole had really with, with neighbors, assuming that he was selling drugs that ended up with the police raiding his house and not finding any evidence of it. Um, but yeah, he, he uses it. That That's another reason why I think he weaves the perspective of James and himself is because he's talking from a very real place yeah. that is also a very real place that James was. Yeah, because this song also made me think that it had to be him about writing Nicole. about him. Yeah, because he one of the lines is like, even when the president's jamming your tape, like, yeah. and this shit still happens to him. It's like, okay. Oh fuck! Like, there's no escape. There is literally you can be the literal president of the United States. <laughs> can be like just yeah, loving that your music. Prejudice still exists. Yeah, which is fucking insane. But I mean, I guess it it doesn't it doesn't excuse you from being a shitty person just because you're the president listens to your tape. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to be to be falsely to be that well known. Yeah, and to, be, and to just be falsely accused for for being black. Right? Yeah. But yeah, the song ends with him uh, saying he's moving back to Southside, or and that he should have never come here to to you know white man territory, because the shit isn't any better here. So yeah. he kind of wants to go back because nothing's changed really. Yeah, that song made me mad the first time I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's ups- it's good that you're upset by it. Like yeah. you should be upset by it, and that's the point of of him kind of talking about it in, in the way that he does. Is it's it's frustrating. Man, okay, I get. I was okay. The, the, pl- <laughs> the place where we live is not at all racially diverse. So, right. like, it's, we are a white man country. Yeah, and because I know that this exact stuff happens. Yeah, he, like around us. It's not like it's not like oh yeah that doesn't have that only happens in the deep south. That only happens there. There. It's yeah, like no, no, it happens everywhere. <laughs> it, it's just the thing that happens and people. uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Racism is bad. People take it from us. (laughs) We're professionals. God damn it. Take us, take us away from this angry place. Joey. Okay. Okay. It's actually a pretty nice song. It is. It's a very lovely song. 
It's a song about just wanting to do the right things for a person that you love. Just simple things like folding the clothes to make their day easier, being so happy and so far away from this fake manliness, the the fake yeah. realness that you're drinking almond milk. You never thought you'd drink almond milk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. It's, it's a funny contrast to the yeah. rest of the album being so, like, serious that you kind of peel it back and you say, like, you know, fuck it. Like, I love you so much. I'm just going to fold clothes. I want, I want your life to be easy because you make my life easy. And if that means I got to fold clothes, fuck it. I'll do it. If it means yeah. I got to drink almond milk, so, so be it. You know, I'll drink that fucking almond milk. And I'll be happy doing it yeah. because I don't care. Like, I'm not worried about putting on this front of like, oh, well, he's doing this. He's doing that. That's not a real man. That's not right whatever there's that there's that perception of real again right leaking back in Mm. so i I think this could be this is another track that i think is from j cole's perspective for sure talking about his wife but also i think it could call back to the the happier times that james had before he was killed you know he he said he found that woman right yeah and if she's mine part one is from his perspective as well then like he found his soulmate for for whatever that means so this could be another kind of throwing back to that and getting over the the, the the down parts maybe looking back and not necessarily repressing the the fact that he's in a shitty neighborhood now with white people that, that call the cops on him but like, yeah but it, getting, it's, a, it's a lovely track yeah it, it's a it's a very nice palate cleanser i guess yeah but, absolutely oh and whenever the, i don't know if it comes in in the first verse but in the second verse there's a fucking groovy ass bass line yes behind. i love it oh man and then uh, there's some funk guitar in it. There's some real nice drums and some some like layered vocals giving kind of a choir effect. I love it. So if nothing else, listen to it for the groovy bass line. Yeah, I mean, listen to this album just for the music if you don't yeah. like the lyrical content. You know, it's, it's a good musical album. Uh, the next part of She's Mine is up next. She's Mine Part 2, track 9. It has the same chorus as Part 1, and it has the same general chord progression as Part 2 one but it, it mixes some things up and gives a, a a fresh take so he's not just reusing the same track i think yeah um unlike part one i feel like this one is strictly from j cole's perspective instead of the shared perspective that was in part two but it kind of also fits the story of james having a daughter on the way it, it, this one just feels more intimate like you said part one did yeah and it's not because i looked it up and i mean he j cole's a very private person apparently yeah. Like, he didn't even reveal that he got married until way after the fact and didn't. Apparently, he only has a son, I guess, that people know about. So, that, because I looked it up once I found out the whole extra story from James's perspective about his daughter. Right. And I was like, does J. Cole also have a daughter? Because there's no way that this song isn't personal for him. <laughs> I mean, of yeah. course, if it, if it was about a friend who had a daughter, of course it's personal for him. But. Right. But like, like in the background, you can hear his child like crying and babbling and stuff. Yeah, in the background, and the heartbeat nice at touch. some point, yeah. you can hear just a heartbeat in like woven into the music in the back. Yeah, and and, and this is part two of "She's Mine." The the first one, uh, I don't have the lyrics for the, for the chorus here. Let me let me do that real quick. But the the he's talking about being so in love. He he's fallen in love for the first time. He says that in part one, and then he comes to part two where he's had a child. And he's like, no, like, this is it. Yeah. Th- this this is what love is. This is the truest love that I could ever feel. Uh, and I don't have a kid. You have a kid. So I don't, I don't know how I can't t- talk from that place. But this song is very endearing, even though I, I'm not generally a, a happy song guy. And B, I'm not a parent. And I, I, I don't have that feeling towards a, a child. Yeah, this song, honestly, like, as a person who has a daughter is uh, pretty spot on. Like at one point he talks about like not feeling worthy of what has been given to him. He talks about wanting to shield her from all of the evil in the world, but not even knowing if he should, because he he goes into this thing about Santa Claus where he's like, cause that would mean Santa Claus wouldn't exist. And because Santa Claus represents the greed from the corporations. And so, the uncertainty yeah. <laughs> and the confusion of your own morals on how to raise a child. It's, I don't know, it's a very intense song. And the way it ends with him, 
I don't know the exact lyrics, but where he's talking about, I want to cry. I don't even want to fight it. Going back to that, he's not scared of what he's being perceived as anymore. He's just living his life for the people that he loves. Right. I think it's, and this kind of goes on the next track a little bit, but I think that that's him from his perspective in, in a way, criticizing James's perspective and saying that this is what makes someone real. This is, is the moment. This is what makes a man being yeah. able to set aside all of those, you know, judgments from friends and, and family and whatever, and just, just enjoying it and being so fucking happy that you're crying. Because yeah. This it's what true love is. And it's, this is like, cause he's saying all this and it's sounding like great. He's saying he doesn't want to die anymore. Now that, his daughter's here. He's never felt so alive, but it's all over this like super slow and somber. It's, it's so lovely. It's like, and it's almost like bittersweet because you're like, you can tell he's happy, but then you think back to the song where you know that like he got back into it whenever he had a baby on the way. And so you think back to him dying in the song and like, I don't know if it's the last lyric but like i've never felt so alive thinking about the fact that he was killed and then the next track comes in and it's like fuck man like go go for it okay for your eyes only i'm i'm just gonna skip right to the part that i was talking about (laughs) yeah it's revealed that all of this was like a a tape to be played for james's daughter upon his death yeah explain to her like i guess show her the life and the trappings and the evil that is within this way of life this way of thinking and that it's got to change and the hearkening back to the (laughs) change can only come from the inside trying to instill that thought into his daughter's head like that no this is this is what life's about life is about loving the people that care for you that you caring for the people that you love and loving yeah. your daughter like you were real the, i think was it the last line was you were real you weren't real you were real because you loved your daughter i think is right and, and that's kind of what, what i was saying in the last track as well is hey this is a long ass song this is yeah. the longest song on the it's album. Like eight and a half like, minutes yeah it, it's pretty long but the reason it's so long is because there are four different verses the first three are from james's perspective talking to his newborn daughter explaining that like look i'm gonna die uh this is and and kind of sharing that this is the life he's had and the life that he wants her to have being so different or whatever uh and then the fourth verse is j cole talking to nina who is the character that is james's daughter uh and like you said it's so weird because in in the j cole verse he says that james called him uh, and it was very eerie, and James was freaking out, saying that he somehow knew he was going to die soon, and that yeah. he'd been having these visions or, or whatever. And the, the to quote the song that was quoting James, it was J. Cole talking to Nina, quoting James, which is kind of convoluted to follow. But uh, he says, with that said, the only thing I'm proud to say, I was a father, write my story down, and if I pass, go play it for my daughter when she's ready. And that kind that that line and, and this whole song again like you like you said blows open the whole thing yeah that this album is his story this is the story of james that he asked j cole even though he'd never asked anything of j cole before he's saying if anything else i need you to tell the story to my daughter oh man it's so good it is it's like it's like if an album could have a twist ending like i guess it's just Which, I mean, maybe if I was more perceptive, I would have picked up on all of this throughout, like, (laughs) the whole album, but, I mean, it's pretty subtle in most of the other tracks. But, especially if you didn't know J. Cole, and, because a lot of it is kind of typical, like, what you would expect a rapper, going back to kind of that prejudice, like, you had an assumption that that it was from him, because he's a a black rapper. Yeah. So you kind of assumed that he, he had a rough life, and he did. Like I said, the, the story is about him as much as, as it is from, for James, I think. But uh, yeah, it's, it's real nice. It's a good way to end the album. Definitely. It, it kind of, it gives you a, a new spin on it, a new perspective on it. And then he kind of, J. Cole, in, I think towards the end of his verse, 
that's from his perspective kind of goes through all of the reasons that James thought he was quote unquote real or a real man and saying, no, he, he wasn't real because of that. He was real because he loved you. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's, it's deep and it hurts me in a good way. <laughs> but, like, even though I, I don't have a daughter, I don't have someone like that. I don't have a child that's still like it, it nails that, that feeling, I think in such a way that it, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't know. Once again, I can't speak to that life, (laughs) but I will say with the minimal amount of pressure that I have had in my life to act a certain way, to be a certain way, I I feel like I've done a decent job throughout my life of not caring about other people's expectations, but like it seeps in there, you know? And then you have a daughter and you're like supposed to be doing all these quote-unquote girly things or whatever, or just (laughs) showing emotion to a child, or just making silly faces and funny voices and reading books in a public place. And it's there's just so much stuff that you have to kind of get past your normal embarrassment. Like, I'm I'm sure mothers go through this as well, because, I mean, just social cues are such a hard thing. To yes. get out of your head, but like just, just speaking from my own pers- like experience as a guy, it's like that first time you read a book in the doctor's office waiting room, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Everybody's like, <laughs> "Everyone's looking at everyone's you. looking at me," and it's like I can only imagine how it would feel for somebody to be brought up in an environment where people are just being killed. Like it's yeah. just it's just a thing that happens. Yeah, especially and, at the age of 22. Like, yeah. That's fucking young. We're both years older than that at this yeah. point. I, I, it's, and for it to be instilled in you that, A, that's maybe not normal, but it's par for the course. Where you, yeah. Like, and to not show your emotions about it and to not, to not feel, not even to not show, to not feel it, but to be to have that driven into you and then <laughs> to have to cope with the emotions cuz it changes you as yeah. every literally everybody says to have a kid it's it's a love that you man you can't I, you can't you can't even think about until it happens yeah exactly cuz before i had a kid it was like i couldn't i couldn't see the benefit of right. people having kids because i was like Everybody says it's this love you can't describe, and it's like, I love plenty of people in my life, but does that mean, like, I don't know if I would want to care for a baby version of them the way you have to care for a baby, and then you have a baby, and it's like, uh, okay, I I get it. It all makes sense. I get it now. (laughs) Fascinating. It's just, I know it's cliche, but like... No, I I mean, cliches exist for a reason, right? That's very true. But I couldn't imagine having to live that sort of life with that sort of upbringing and then reconcile your feelings about having a child having to deal with what you are out there doing what people who you care about are out there doing i guess and then try to raise a kid in that (laughs) yeah it's it's something man overall this album is great obviously i think so i put it on this list uh, you seem to think so as well, and I'm I'm glad yeah. that that I've introduced this to you. Uh, I'm glad you have too, because uh, now I think I'm going to listen to other things by J. Cole and actually give him a shot. Because all I do- yeah, I would I would recommend uh, following this up with Kod, which is his the the next album after this. I okay. honestly still haven't gone back into his older albums because, like you said, it, it's very much a specific type of music that I don't necessarily enjoy. Uh, but maybe maybe I will as well at some point. I'm just not ready for that in my my journey. <laughs> uh, I don't think. Oh man! But uh, yeah, I you're right. You you done good. You done good, Woo! Jeremy. That's I, one for I'm, me. I'm gonna listen. Put that on my chalkboard. <laughs> you d- you done more than I did. So uh, <laughs> I I don't know about that. I, I've I've been thinking back on, on some albums. I think I think I'm I'm ready to give some of them another shot and. Uh, if it's not, not, not a another result, shot, so but, I mean, 
I know it. I mean, I have had those songs stuck in my head. But that's for a discussion outside okay. of yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that after. Next uh, album that we're doing. The next next week, we're listening to the album Mourn by Corbin. Did yes. I say that correctly? You did. Okay, I, I think you, did. You, said, you said it the way that I say it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing you're right. It's the only one that matters. Give, yeah. give me, this is another hip hop album, right? Yeah. I'd say it's it's not rap really. It's definitely okay. like hip hop. He's Corbin himself is a I think he's more of like a producer or like he makes beats and stuff sure. for other people in his like rap collective. I don't actually know their names because I haven't bothered to listen to any of any of the rest of them, which I mean yeah. I should. But he also Corbin also goes by the name Spooky Black. He had a few other albums like that and he's credited on other people's albums that way just in case you want to look at other things by him but yeah, uh interesting it's a very like dark i guess not dark in like the sense of it deals with super there's some heavier topics but it's not like dark in the way that like this album was dark but okay there, okay there's, like musically is it is it like kind of like gothic stuff yes so, musically it is a very dark album Cool. It's, I mean, it's called Mourn. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I really like it. I mean, obviously, I put it on there. But yeah. Uh, yeah Hopefully, I will as well. I hope you do because it's. I'm excited. It's, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm, I've been in. I've been in this J Cole groove. You know, I'm feeling it. Well, with how rainy it's been. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've actually listened to this <laughs> album outside of all of this. Hell yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, until next week, uh, you guys can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you want to contact us, we, we'll, we'll, we'll reply. I mean, we don't, we have nothing better to do. I have literally nothing to do. I'm off this whole week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It must be nice, Joey. Uh, you can find our podcasts on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google, just everywhere. We're everywhere at this point. Everywhere we can be, I think. Um, yeah. so, so check us out. Search feedback loop on any of those platforms. I'm sure you'll find us. We have enough content at this point that we should be getting picked up. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Wait, continuity error. I uh, I said I'm off this whole week. I'm off the week we're recording this. The week you're listening to it. <laughs> I... <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're five weeks behind anyway. <laughs> now, how's that for continuity? <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's, it's good. They know it. All ten of our listeners. Uh, until next week, I guess, uh, stand our feedback loop. Bye!